Welcome to the AI Assisted Organization podcast with your co-host, myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla, who is now back from Dublin. It was a great trip. Yeah, it looked like it looked like it went well, actually. Some big events there. Um, so just talk us through what, what went down. Yeah, so there was like around six, 700 people there. Like, um, It was a really brilliant venue in Dublin at the RDS. And it was all about AI and not all about business and business growth and scaling up. I ran three sessions on AI. So the first one was on the main stage. The second one, we went into a bit more detail on how people can use voice and vision to build their own products and services. Then we did a four-hour deep dive the day after for a select group of um, inner circle members. And that was really, really good, where we went through four hours of um, basically building your AI operating system, which we'll touch on later on. But I mean... The use cases and the diversity of companies that were there, it was incredible. Everything from like, you know, ice cream machines to property to, you know, like um, any kind of service. It was really quite interesting. We talk about doing more of these for our, if you're an AI insider listening to this, you've signed up for our newsletter, one of our white papers. We're going to start doing more of these workshops to, to actually show you how these things work and the power of them as well. And uh, I, I did a keynote um, for quite a large law firm, actually, and we we're talking about chat GPT, which we're going to come on and talk about as well today, but open AI. But it's quite interesting. Well, a lot of these events I go to, I always ask for a show of hands. And it's the first three were about 100 people, quite senior professionals, where I also need to do you use um, an AI as a personal assistant, like we talked about in the last podcast. And nobody put Panda, which I thought was quite interesting. But after the event, uh, several told me, they were asking me, where where do I sign up? Uh, she signed us so a block to, gonna... to the moment. Uh, oh, that was, that was, that well, was, that 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 We'd come to that. Yeah. Um, so on the news, we're going to talk about, um, so we're going to, we're going to do our, our news or AI news for business. Um, we're going to focus on that. And our theme this week is going to be the AI operating system, which is kind of what we talk about an AI-assisted organization. But the point is, what, what do you put in place, this operating system, this platform, for you then to build your business? There's something that yeah. came out of um, Alok's trip to Ireland in terms of discussions there. Uh, we're going to talk about implement AI updates, the usual sort of weekly updates. Um, so we'll crack on. The big news this week, which we could talk hours on this, or people on, um, yeah, X, X, whatever the hell it's called, Twitter's <laughs> space, Twitter's spaces now, the final hours talking about all the ramifications. But if you don't follow AI news, it probably means absolutely nothing to you. So we'll try to relate it more to business. But the big news was, was that on, there's a chap called Sam Oldman who runs OpenAI, the people that launched ChatGPT. Ran. Quite, yeah, ran, yeah. He's quite a well-known um, character in technology generally. He's one of their Y Combinator. And, you know, he was on the, we mentioned the Dev Day a couple of weeks ago, which were all very excited about and there was just some tweet basically out of this point where he was being transitioned out of the organization of course all hell broke loose um on twitter across it's an ai community the ai universe about why what happened it was there was like a board coup and it seems as though that all that there was actually a coup and it seems to be some friction we don't know exactly it'll come out in the book i'm sure well there'll be some friction between the kind of researchers and then the people who are more commercial, which is Sam, another chap who was the chairman. So he was also transitioned out of the chairman yeah. role, um, but was asked to stay. So the T also resigned, the, the chairman as well. So, and then over the weekend, a lot of top researchers started resigning and basically the wheels yeah. started falling off. Microsoft, who backed OpenAI to the tune of 10 billion, they weren't aware of this, apparently. Yes. So the, I can imagine that Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, he was furious. I bet he was. I bet he was on, I bet he was on his, uh, Phone all weekend as well. Um, given the fact he stood on stage, Sam Altman, you know, what, two weeks previously, um, you know, sort of announcing their, their sort of deeper relationship. So all this is going on. 
and you're thinking that well, someone was going to go off with Greg, the, the former chairman, set up a new company. People started designing, and they all going to go and work with them. And then on was it Sunday or Saturday evening? The news comes out that he's then back at going back to OpenAI, talking to them, Sunday. becoming the CEO. Sunday evening, becoming the yeah. CEO, and then because the, the team threatened to resign, basically, yeah, Abel Temple was going to go five p.m. Yeah, I know, yeah, much most of it. Like, so the point then was that. Was that was he going to go back? And the people that tried to, you know, sort of, you know, put this coup into place, they will leave, which is some of the other co founders, some of the execs, non executive directors. So there's kind of four of them which they could yeah. leave. Yeah. And then the chairman and Sam would come back. Now, that didn't turn out to be the case. I don't think they could agree on terms, which I would have, I can imagine was quite difficult given what happened because they all didn't leave that. that were left behind. And then it was quite interesting. You had things like uh, the CEO they put in place. Uh, Sam Oldman uh, put a tweet out saying, I love OpenAI, the OpenAI team. They were all kind of commenting with love hearts, weren't they? Yes. I? Oh, that was it. I love you. I, you. I love you. Oh, I see. Here we are. <laughs> oh, you're getting, you were 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 getting, I didn't spot that at all. I, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I was deep in that basic view. So, that, so that it basically said, I love you all. Today was a weird day. So yeah, it was like a weird world. day, basically, right? Like, and then what happened is, uh, and then it was the team that were threatening to... Um, well, the team played majority line, didn't they? And Sam, they were all putting the hearts... Yeah, but they, they were all putting the hearts to signify that they were supporting Sam, basically, right? And then the board could then see... I mean, you, you, said, you Sam, can get into detail, but, like, but the point is, we're here is, this was an, a major... <laughs> major sort of yeah. disruption. This, this is an inflection Yeah, point. so it's, it's in, in a company point. which is leading, you know, the, in the yeah, industry, an industry and they're kind of raced towards AGI, right? So this is, there's a soap opera element to it. It's like Usain Bolt is winning and then he trips himself up basically and then like lets, lets, lets on the floor. But like, but luckily, like the people that are there, now they're joining Microsoft, isn't it, right? Like just join Derek. Yeah, so Sachin yeah, Adela, he's... um. A bit of a power move, piece of power move, isn't it? So he's basically yeah. now launching a advanced AI division of Microsoft, which the team that's left OpenAI are now going to be sort of running and developing. There was a and comment, there was a comment where he said, and um, for the new CEO and the people at OpenAI, I look forward to getting to know you all. Basically, right? Like uh, he wrote that about OpenAI, like as if he doesn't know them anymore, right? You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, OpenAI have really shot themselves on the full way. Interesting. There there's an interesting thing here, right? Like. Um, the guy who basically forced it all was called Ilias Atskever. He's the chief scientist of OpenAI. And he's a very, very brilliant guy. And, and if we look at things on the opposite side, and if we think, okay, it wasn't a power move, if it wasn't a power move for money and stuff like this, then Sam Altman had said something about, you know, maybe about a week ago that like just a few weeks ago, they'd come across a profound step change in capability. And on October the 6th or 7th, Ilias tweeted, if you value human intelligence and you like human intelligence or something like this, if you value intelligence above everything else, you're in for a bad time, basically, right? Like, uh, and Elon Musk had replied to that, like, with a uh-oh, basically, tweet. So one of the theories is that they actually discovered a profound step change in capability, which scared Ilya. And then it's a bit like his Oppenheimer moment where he could just trying to stop everything or something like this. But then the other side of it could just be that, like, you know, it, they felt it was going commercially too fast because after the GPT um, announcement, the GPT store and the OpenAI Dev Day, demand went off the roof. And basically, that's why they also paused signups because there's too many people that want to use it. And that was co- compromising the amount of compute that was available for alignment research and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, but the, but the point there is that if you want to compute or to do any of this stuff, you need billions of pounds. And having a business that produces revenue is not yes. kind of that plan. Having some foundation that needs literally tens of billions yeah. to deliver something, even if it's got huge value, who's going to fund that? There's no economic reason to do that. Correct. So I, I think Sam Altman was on the right track. I think research can... He understands the point. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely right. But I, I uh, towards more the the compute, the, the way in which the company was going in terms of that friction as opposed to they've discovered you know, AGI. But they, they seem to be working towards yeah. it, that's for sure. So imagine now, that with Sam and Greg now working at Microsoft, that special division, imagine if they're the ones like managing the resource allocation to OpenAI now. It could happen, isn't it? Right. You know, they, they could be in charge of all that stuff and then essentially, you know, the people kind of like switch over. But I mean, the bottom line is the momentum is not going to stop. We might see an even faster pass rate because the- well, we've talked about we talked a lot, haven't we, about on this podcast that you've got Microsoft launching its own Copilot, developing its own models, even developing its own chips. We'll talk about today, and you've got OpenAI that's launched ChatGPT, ChatGPT Enterprise. Is that a sort of constant friction that those people are sort of hedging yeah. their bets? Whereas Microsoft now have the, have the ability potentially that they need to hedge their bets; they can develop it themselves internally. Which enterprise are going to sign up for ChatGPT Enterprise now? Like, like with, with like a, you know, it was like half a million to a million a year or whatever it was, basically. Like, who's going to sign up for that now? The trust is destroyed. Well, the relevance for AI for business, which is what we, we want to talk about, is that this does impact. So it's going to, it's going to absolutely impact the trajectory, the development of chat GPT and where that goes, what that looks like and the speed of that the evolution that we saw. That's probably going to slow down. Yeah. And you're now, hopefully going to see even more, which we've got some updates today, come out of Microsoft. So I don't think that um, story is quite over yet, um, but it was quite the weekend if you follow AI news. Yeah, and Claude's and all the other ones can, can like catch up and, and start releasing. Like I saw the announcements for Claude's API and a few things like this. So I think it's just going to kind of like, definitely it will evolve and fragment more. So let's move on there, but just, just link to that. Just before Sam was transitioned out of the business, he did sort of um, hint that, well, I didn't hint actually. He kind of announced basically they are work. They are working or were working on GPT five. So how these things develop now yeah. or how they're launched may be different going forwards. But I think overall it's a good thing because I think you've got OpenAI may become more you know research. And then you've got these people like Sam Altman and, and Greg at Microsoft doing things that are you know really really commercial because it's a it's a business there to make money. So I think that's a it's good news overall. I think as I mentioned, I'm always saying to people. Sign up for ChatGPT Plus. We said last week, use AI as a personal assistant. And then as soon as I announced that, they stopped signing up for ChatGPT Plus, um, which was quite frustrating for quite a few people last week. So start, you know, keep an eye out. And if you yeah. are using ChatGPT, do you sign up for ChatGPT Plus and then start using it and playing with it and use it? But that might be a week or two away. So that might be one of the reasons why you know, all the wheels fell off at the, at the weekend as well. And going back to Microsoft, moving on, Microsoft are now doubling down on this Copilot branding. So you're now seeing that the Bing chat's going to become Copilot. We sort of know exactly, as far as I'm aware, I'll tell you are, that when they're going to launch generally a general release of Microsoft 365 Copilot. But at their Microsoft Ignite conference, which is their kind of annual sort of tech conference, they did make some announcements about what that's going to do. So things were expected in terms of how, you know, search using generative AI for creating content in Microsoft 365. But also some news on how it's going to work in meetings. So, you know, we use various applications to record our meetings, transcribe them and analyze them. Well, that's going to be built into 
Microsoft 365, but also what they're now saying is what will come down the line is the ability to prepare for meetings. Often in a meeting, one of the who you meeting, who are they, what do I know about them, what documents are relevant to the meetings, and what do I need to know, can I summarize them, should I read them? And it's going to start doing all this for you, which is going to be really quite powerful. So you, and this is before they hired Sam Altman. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I think, I think like I'm really looking forward to like seeing a lot more of like what they've done with the co-pilot. And I think it's going to help a lot more people start integrating into their workflows for sure. And it also going to be more personalized outputs. It's going to learn how you write emails, how you write, you know, how you pair documents or presentations. So it's kind of personalized outputs. Personalization is going to be built in as well. And kind of linked to that, we also talk about the AI being built into productivity suites. Notion has been a bit behind in terms of... Um, its capability, but it's now launched, I think it's called Q&A, an AI chatbot. All this seems to be, as far as I can work out, is they've kind of vectorized the information you've got in Notion so it can be searched semantically. It's kind of a search capability more than anything else that's uh, anything cleverer than that, but I'm sure that they'll be launching things like Microsoft Copilot and Google Duet down the line. Have you ever used Notion? Briefly, a while ago, I haven't really used it. Yeah. I've never, maybe people that do, they swear by it. I've never seen it myself. I don't know, but I don't know the AI stuff in it, to be honest. Like, um, yeah. And then we talk about often about Google Gemini's coming, Google's multimodal capabilities coming. Well, it is coming, but it's not coming as fast as we thought it was coming. So Google Gemini is being delayed. And what's quite interesting is that we thought Google were going to get there first in terms of multimodal capability. So things like, you know, vision. But it looks like it's been delayed now until Q1 next year. And I think these things are more complicated than we can even begin to imagine to actually um, put together and launch. But they do seem to be slipping or still behind the curve slightly compared to OpenAI. But again, we may see that, you know, as you said, a lot of anthropic and Google and stability, these people will begin to catch up due to the uh, debacle of the weekend. Yeah, I think this is just just emphasise the need like to have like parallel systems essentially, right? And we've said this from the beginning, right? Like uh, whichever way you choose to have things, you, you need to have your systems in place, but you should be able to like switch out different language models according to what's state of the art or functioning the best. And we've said this from the very beginning, basically. Yeah, well, we, we we always say that your what we try and do is help businesses implement AI and then also optimize it as as the technology involves. Now you don't want to be swapping it out every exactly. couple of weeks because someone's updated something else. But every six months no. you should be looking at what you know your 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 front end is one thing, how you're using it, but the back end in terms of what models you're using to do what, you need to think about that because they are evolving very, very quickly. And one good example is uh, going back to Google. So Google DeepMind, their internal um, AI division, and YouTube. I'm not sure what the link is there, whether YouTube has a lot of, um, so it does a lot of data in terms of music. I've launched Lyria, which is kind of a, a limited release. And this is important, again, because it, number one, right. just to show the power of these models. So now you can, the, the example they gave is, this is a music creation, right? So you're going to hum a track. We'll go ba ba da ba da ba da, and then choose an instrument, any instrument, and it'll play it. And think about that. You can then tweak it, then you can layer it up, add the drums. So now we all say that what generative AI does, it wow. levels people up, it levels up creativity. So you, everybody now can be a creative. It's not always great if you're creative, but it's a, it's a superpower. And you can now do this with music. So if you use music in your business quite a lot for whatever reason, you can now create your own music with no rights issues. So the PRS license thing is done, basically, right? Like, you know, if you're, got a, if you're got a venue and you have to pay, like, in a year for, like, playing recorded music and all that kind of stuff, those companies, they go after you for a lot. If the cafe or the doctor surgery or whoever hasn't got a license, they're always pursuing it. But if you use AI music, then you're not going to have to do that, then, isn't it? So. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more cases. Like, was it Ed Sheeran where he was in court that somebody said, oh, your song sounds like 
this song. Yeah. I'll come which one it was now. And um, now, I don't know whether you people are going to say, we're going to make something that sounds a bit like this. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. But anyway, so now you can, you've got text images, we've got text videos coming along, and now you can just hum music and it will turn that into any instrument that you like. And on the same note, really, in terms of creativity, in terms of leveling us all as creatives, Adobe have now launched Project Sound Lift, and I would use this. So for example, if you if you recorded a video, one of the hardest things in video, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the video, it's not the pictures, it's the audio. If your audio is poor, people just don't engage. Humans will humans will turn off and poor audio a lot faster. They'll turn off yeah. some, some of the not particularly good at filming stuff. So what it's allowed you to do, imagine that I'm speaking now uh, and the background is, you know, uh, in a street, car horns, birds tweeting, whatever it might be, people talking. You can now actually, it'll analyze that that content and it'll basically create a multi-track for laying up the different sounds. So you have my voice, you have the traffic, birds tweeting, or whatever it might be. And that then means you can then take them out or tweak the tweak the volume or, or the the sound of them using Adobe products Audition or Premiere Pro. So that's really going to be really, really powerful in terms of being able to create content. What this means again in businesses is that, you know, you can now create content. You haven't got to be an expert and you're then going to have the tools to just tweak and fine tune that content so that it's, uh, you know, of sufficient quality to use with your customers or other stakeholders. NVIDIA, I actually met with our, if he's probably listening to our podcast, Mr. Andrew Churchill at NVIDIA, he's our handler. And he was talking about video last week, which is really exciting business. Sounds like a great place and uh, we're a great CEO. And uh, we were talking about, you know, the, the, the speed at which the technology is moving. So they've now launched NVIDIA H200. This is a, a, a new graphic processing unit, essentially. And it's designed for artificial intelligence models and for powering generative AI, basically. So this is great news because it means that and what we're talking about is that often the capacity, the, the even way of making these chips, some of these fabs, these specific special factories that make um, chips, some have capacity limits. And if you're creating a different kind of um, chip, you might use a different fab, which means that the capacity is there, which means that supply can increase, which means people can get their hands on them faster. What is fascinating in terms of the, the, the kind of volumes yeah. that people are looking for for these chips. With And Jen Tsang also said, Hwang also said that he had an interview saying that he thinks there's now a second wave coming. Some of this is quite sort of a high level. So I think so, um, you know, nation states should have um, AI models. They should basically capture and uh, find cheap models. Well, just, yeah, but it's uh, based on their own uh, sort of cultural data. So to capture that. Absolutely. Um, there are 6,000 languages in the world. I think it's something like we're losing, I think it's five or six a month or something ridiculous like that. Um, a lot of these are, you know, kind of small sort of um, languages in in. African tribes, but they're, they're still languages, still culture. So, but this is more about you know large nation states. So, what we don't want to have is one sort of model essentially down the line in the future that makes everyone sound exactly the same and think the same way. Oh, yeah, so that was quite a big thought. And then on that, we've seen that you know Amazon are developing chips, you know Google developing chips, chips, and now Microsoft developed have launched a chip. Actually, it's the Azure Maya 100. So everybody realizes that you know. NVIDIA have this huge lead in terms of hardware. But everybody else wants to get into that game now to sort of yeah. catch up, which is a good thing. Eventually, we need, we're going to need a huge supply of these things to meet the you know exponentially growing demand. Indeed. Like, I mean, yeah, even one of the controversies with Sam Altman was like apparently raising money for his own chip as well, because he knew that like once you get AGI, everyone becomes competitor as well, basically. So yeah, so more entrance is always a good thing. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. If, if a day comes where somebody trips over AGI, the demand for these things is going to go through the roof because the first people to get there and really superpower these things with the hardware, the underlying hardware, are going to create something that's worth 
trillions. Right, so the news has been taken this week a bit about OpenAI because it's quite important, I think, in terms of how that's going to affect the landscape. Well, more important news is what implementing AI is doing. So, again, we all say every week, if you haven't read our white papers, um, our AI agent white paper, uh, human resource versus, a- well, not resource, and AI agents, your, um, your augmented workforce was kind of ahead of the curve, really. So it's definitely worth downloading and reading that and also our, our new, our initial white paper on our framework. Now look at writing another white paper, which was I'm quite decided what, yeah, but we're thinking maybe on this AI OS that we're going to talk about quite soon. Training. So we've launched our AI training academy. So if you haven't, the training is, we keep saying this, and we're going to launch a campaign on this too, that training is, is your first way of creating competitive advantages using artificial intelligence. There's no point handing someone a saxophone, which can make beautiful music, but if you haven't trained on it, practiced it for quite a long time, it's going to sound awful. So these are tools, these are instruments you can use. We need to know how to use them. It helps to understand the context of how they work, because then it makes you appreciate how to use them to make them most effective. And then the first real entree in most of our clients, uh, quite a few are signing up now from Ireland actually, and uh, last week is our, is our AI Activate. So it's a 60 day sprint. This helps you think about governance, policy, putting the structures in place, um, uh, leveling up your board, leveling up your senior leadership team. We look at doing a proof of concept or an MVP, and then we help you develop a roadmap in terms of how you go from you know having no AI in most cases all the way through to being um, not quite autonomous, but definitely an AI first business as soon as possible. And this is our theme this week, Alec, isn't it? Is I'll let you lead on this week because you were talking about me talk about this last week, but essentially it's creating an AI operating system. What this is is a platform using AI, becoming an AI assisted organization as far as you can as quickly as you can, in the safest way you can, take your business with you. Once you've got this platform, yeah. it's super powered, it's more efficient, it's more effective, it's more productive. What that then means, we're focused more on growth, growth with less additional cost. What it then means, you can grow your business and also acquire businesses because as an ex-M&A banker myself, it's all about synergy. So if you can bring in a business and you know how to superpower that business with AI or take out cost or uh, superpower it well, you know, spur, spur is growth, then it means you're going to create more value out of doing that deal. So talk us through the, the AI OS. Exactly. So this is the whole thing. I think like people can get distracted by tasks or simple kind of like elements, like the music thing and things like this. Like, oh, that's a cool use, or this is a bit hing, or this is a different element there. But what you have to think about is like not a little bit of AI in spits and spurts, just in different places, but an integrated overall approach to essentially be the framework, the engine, and the infrastructure to power your business. So what this means is that at the moment, most of your systems in your business will be delivered by people. And there's like a policy framework document, which is like step one, step two, step three. Building an AI operating system is where you take a different step. And it's like, okay, everything is going to be AI assisted. And you're going to start with, let's say, marketing. How is content marketing done? How is you know sales, how is the initial sales approach done? How is quality assurance done? Where we're talking about different examples and um, even within quick service food restaurants in, in the workshop we were doing about how AI can be used as part of like, the communication and evaluation elements within there. So the key thing with building your AI operating system is to basically like focus on the revenue generation stuff to begin with. And that's really, really important because that's going to help you drive more value and more profitability for your business. So the key thing here is like thinking about like, okay, if we're going to have an AI operating system, we're going to need two things. We're going to need to upskill our existing team members on using AI in the, in the areas that are already doing things like marketing or different areas like this. But you're also going to need to create some new specialist AI, which is going to be used to create your customer journey 
and make it more interactive. And this is something we were talking a lot about in the session where we were talking about how to use voice and vision to create either new tools or new services or new solutions to make your journey more interactive and more engaging for your customers. And that can create an advantage. So just to give an example, we were talking with um, some fitness trainers and I don't know if you'd heard before, but like there was like a, a business which had like raised a lot of money to create like a food diary where you could snap a photo and it would explain what the calories were in there. And I was showing them how they could literally do this for their own customers and offer them a tool as part of fitness membership, which enabled them to like build a food diary with all the tracking and all the nutritional information within there with someone else that was like a commercial van company. They were talking about how they want to kind of like help more people see the fit out of the inside of their van. We were talking how we use vision and different tools to help people almost design and see the inside of their van faster so they can always ideate and visualize their outcome. So the whole point here is like, if you start your AI operator system on the customer journey and make it more interactive and make it so that your customers can visualize and see more opportunities for themselves, you're going to help more people go down the road and the same plans for any architect or builder or anyone in that, in that situation. So the thing here is like, you have a window to start like using and implementing AR in a meaningful way before your competition does. And what we recommend is when you're building your AI operating system is to start in a place where your customers can feel, see, and enjoy it the most to kind of drive more interactivity and more revenue from there, basically. So really kind of the idea here is that like building your kind of like systems and playbook being AI first, that becomes almost the product. I had several entrepreneurs say to me that, oh, look, if we have that, that's actually more valuable than our current business because we can use that as our current business as a test pilot, but then we can then copy paste this model into different places or license it or sell it. And I think that's the big opportunity here, basically. But the way I see it as well, though, is I'll think about it over the weekend is again, is once you have an AI assisted organization or to some extent, it's like, it's like industrial revolution is just like, you've got this sort of import, which is, I don't know, wool and you've got a power loom, right? And there's someone else has got yeah. a, a room full of um, exactly people spinning away. And you've got, you've got to have a huge advantage. So in terms of your, your productivity, your, your profitability exactly. as well, but you've got it for a window of time. I mean, it, it did take about 200 years for the power loom to be ubiquitous, but yes. you've got a, a moment in time or a period in time where you've got a competitive advantage. So whether it's talent, whether it's your, your inputs, whether it's your customers, whether it's your customer experience, whether it's your cost base, you've got a competitive advantage that you can monetize and double down on right now. Because I'm telling you that most businesses, if you're listening to our podcast, if you're reading our white papers, if you're taking our advice, hearing the news that we share every week, you are ahead already of about 97 probably percent of people running businesses that are out there. But there's like a six to nine month window because like next year we're going to see you can voice become ubiquitous everywhere. And so you've got that window where you can really stand out and gain more people. We always see this on marketing. Like when someone changes something on a new platform, they suddenly get a lot of response. Then other people start doing the same thing and the response goes down basically. So this is the key thing. There's this, this is finite window where you want to start implementing this and start gaining you know, market share because once everyone starts doing the same thing, like we talked about before, if everyone's got AI, you know, AI spell check, it's no longer a competitive advantage. So you've got a window where you can actually start to do this. Yeah. And then, then it's going to be a case of almost like a, an arms race really, where in terms of how do you keep optimizing, how do you keep um, building your business using this technology? I think that it's kind of like in almost like merging together our initial two white papers into something which is sort of actionable. So we're, we're thinking about doing a, a white paper on the AI operating system. We'll come back to you on that. So we're going to leave it there for this week. We're up to our sort of half an hour. We'll try and keep it short and sweet for you. 
they've got businesses to run. I think the air of the week, really, I'm, I'm going to go back to Adobe um, Soundlift. A bit of an annoying one because I think it's a limited um, access, but it is super powerful. And we all realize that content, you know, marketing very much these days is about content. Content in any business, especially in SME, is quite expensive to actually generate. We're seeing that, you know, things like um, AIs let you create, you know, videos in terms of like cartoons or animation, they're going to be really powerful. That's coming along. So they they need to have an animator, you know, 500 pounds an hour, every cost animator is is going to go away. You're now seeing that creating video generally, in terms of you don't need stock imagery, stock videos going away. You can now create any sound you want. You can create any music you want now to go on the backing track. And then when you made your video, yeah, if the quality is not great, you know, we, we used to, I mean, I'll always show some demonstrations of, you know, runway ML, where now you can just take a still image, paint over a boat or sitting on the ocean in an image and the boat starts moving. So now imagery, moving images you can now tweak and play with the difficult parts being audio and sound you need a sound engineer so now if you can split out sounds and move things around yeah, and exactly. changing just like in a, an image that's super powerful and that's going to reduce the cost as we always say and i say in a lot of my keynotes alex keynotes is the cost of content is going to zero and going back to the ai operating system as soon as you can reduce the cost of your content that's just going to contribute to the empowerment of your business and your people Ooh, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, so, so again, we're going to leave it there. So please do sign up for our AI Insider newsletter. We are going to start doing um, some quite detailed, interesting webinars, we're going to call them. Only oh, for AI Insiders, yeah. yeah. Only for um, So you need to sign up. You've got to be, got to be in it to win it. So sign up for our newsletter, our Insider. And also every week we send out a newsletter. And it's kind of really giving some insights and some strategic insights into AI and how to use it in your business. Uh, have a read of our white papers. Please do. You can enjoy this podcast. Do you rate it? Especially okay. Apple. Watch us on YouTube and like us and subscribe for us there. And please let us have any feedback or comments. So we're going to leave it there for this week. That's the AI Assisted Organization podcast. Myself, Piers Lenny and Alok Shukla. We'll see you again next week. Yeah.